Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Final hour is here of Outkick 360 Friday edition from Nashville, 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Crew is all here today. Why are we blessed in studio with Sleepy Danny? today I, I don't know it's very vague on the we details. haven't discussed him in a while danny spell it out are well, you the only one working over at headquarters today is that why you're here oh okay oh okay so he's but, but, she's usually not here but yes, we we're never not. see we're we, we're never blessed with <laughs> we just Becca's woke him up presence. sorry you guys but now we're where am i <laughs> so becca's out so he's doing everything but becca's never here danny just woke yeah. up from a slumber and had the look of a it. man who, who just realized he's not in his normal yeah. office <laughs> oh this isn't my cubicle how's the comfort level on that bench with all those pillows we got those pillows for you yeah the notes the note taking has been immaculate today from from daniel i think he's using invisible ink well it's danny's got such a good deadpan about him when you ask him a question you can't tell if he's joking or serious but he walked in Earlier, I, I was one of the, few, the studio's packed today, by the way, but I was one of the few people in here, and I said, hey, you are good, good seeing you. And he's like, yeah, just really wanted to come see the studio. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And they just kind of hung out the rest hey, of the look, day. I'll give I, him, I'm not complaining. I like his presence. I'll give too. him credit for this. He came up to me and introduced himself because he knew I had no idea oh, who yeah. he was. No, Paul has no idea of anyone. Uh, so let's just go ahead and tell the story because it's never going to see the light of day uh, with the, the video that we taped uh, with Sleepy Danny. When, when, how long ago was this? Uh, March of last year? This was. Uh, he, know, he knows because he had a big St. Paddy's Day celebration. That so night, he, he's introduced himself to you before, Paul. Um, as all a, brief, brief show. No, 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 no. As a, yeah. as this like, was a, this was a bit we were doing because we knew you wouldn't notice because him. you had met him prior, um, and we knew that you wouldn't remember him. I knew I'd met him prior, also. So but we introduced him as a, a potential intern candidate, and we <laughs> we had <laughs> Did you? that's great. And uh, I forgot where he was going to school, <laughs> but uh, maybe it was Vandy. Was it our? Fantasy football draft night? I think that might that have you been attended? Oh, that's so smart. And so, so we, had, it, been we had the footage of this, um, and for all I know, oh. uh, Savage owns the rights to it. That would have been yeah. terrific. <laughs> that was great but by you the, guys. That but, was embargoed in the purchase. Yeah. <laughs> so you were going to do a there. spot where you had me. Yeah, that was there. The greeting, greeting a full-time that employee. That was their intellectual property, yeah, I think. So they right. As a potential intern candidate? Yeah. You could do that with like 15 people. We've got Danny on headset now. I, I think believe. it's actually being repurposed for totalfratmove.com. You could right do now, that with 40 year old men uh, who are with the company for since the beginning. Oh, Danny's on mic. Yeah, Danny, how do you remember the story going? I remember. Are you I, upset that I'm telling this to Paul? Because no, we, I I've never even seen this the video. Great from content. No, no, no. I know it. The footage went down with Lance. I remember. I told. Okay. I told Paul. I was a finance student at Vanderbilt, and I was really a big fan of the show and interested in 
Now that I think about finance, wouldn't have made sense. But I remember Paul just did not seem like he wanted to hire me as an intern. <laughs> yeah, where was this? Where were we? In the in, arcade in, room? Yeah, in the arcade room. So this was the fantasy football draft. Yeah, that, remember, that's the night. So remember, what name did we go with? Todd Cobell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I believe that was it. But I remember specifically, Paul was like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. And I remember walking away kind of disappointed. I was like, I didn't get the internship. And I was like, wait, I work here already. Yeah. But what did, we I did, say, did you guys ask me anything about it? No. no well, what, like, we, if you remember, you were getting legitimately worked up that Danny was like, he fell asleep one time. So we were going on air, like we would joke about it, and you were getting really mad. So we thought this will be funny. If we, you know, slide Danny in, and then you get to know him and like him, and then the big reveal of didn't take this off. is Sleepy <laughs> Danny, but you Danny. didn't win me over. It didn't take off. Now yeah. that I'm here, can I please? What give if we, the, you and I had been out like if we yeah. hit it off and we were out drinking beers and everything? Yeah, we'd be sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> can I please give the context, the backstory to that incident where I first oh, became Sleeping sure. Danny? Sure. Yeah. Let me close my laptop because <laughs> I guess I'm not working. So <laughs> yeah, that's nothing new. Big plot twist. I wasn't actually sleeping. You were pretending. Also, you were all. This is all a ruse. This was all a ruse. This was. I just went along with it because this true story is not that happy. I wish I was asleep. Really, I had to. I had gotten dumped the night before by my girlfriend, and I had my head down on the table. Can the band begin the violins? Can you guys play some violins in the background? I had gotten dumped, and then Lance came in, thought I was asleep, took a picture. So I'm already having a bad day. Later on the show, I tuned into 360. Everyone's roasting me. Paul says you suck. All of that. Best day of my life. I was I, to my. I want to at least say that on the show I brought up like if you can fall asleep. I, I was trying to take your back and have your back on this because if you can fall asleep and still keep your job the next day, to me based on the 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 amount of people that we had and had just hired, I thought, man, this guy must be really good at his job. So I was shocked because I didn't think anybody could be that good at that. Anything you'd like to say to this woman this who dumped you right now? That, well, that you've your, got the microphone? Because it's not she your made current, a huge mistake. It's not your current relationship. No, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not my current relationship. You, I didn't know if you guys got back together. All I right, to a message to my ex. Yes. <clears throat> the edited I, version. I miss you, please. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. I have not slept in a year and a half. My new girlfriend That's not sucks. what we think. We think I you're know. sleeping every day. Yeah, just. I mean, I've got no oh, further reports on your sleeping. Yeah, I'm not so sleeping. I think that you're sleeping. When all my the time. eyes are closed, I'm remembering the relationship. Oh. That's what. When you see me like this, I'm I'm back <laughs> there a year and a half ago. So well, tell the people what you do do. Well, no, no, no. You don't have to tell the people. Tell do Paul do. what you do because yes. he has no idea. We know what you do, but tell inform Paul what you, what it is you uh, do. And, and 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 let me be clear on the front end. I don't care. <laughs> That's fine. But I still want to hear. Uh, I am the senior video editor for Outkick senior. and all their... I love senior titles yeah, on groups of small... What do you work with, four people? <laughs> Two. Uh, <laughs> anyways. I control so everything... So who's the junior person? Uh, um, uh, me. On Tuesdays and Fridays. Today's Friday. But Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, senior status. You're both oh. senior and junior. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you're filling, you're, you wear two he's hats. filling in for himself today. Exactly. That's why he's in studio. Yeah, we're the senior hosts of... Uh, what, I, what I love about the, the nickname Sleepy Danny is it's one of those that if we continue this 15, 20 years from now, Danny's going to move on to these huge jobs. Right. And everyone's just going to continue to call him Sleepy Danny. And we're going to look up and he's not even going to remember why he has the nickname. You're going to have to like no. search back. And he's going to fire us. Yes. Well, at some point, for sure, we're going to actually ask for a job from him. We'll probably be what's going to happen. And then Hutton and I will get one at Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Based on our treatment of Danny, we'll be the ones employed.
Paul I feel like, retired I, I feel like Danny and I, here's the problem. I feel like Danny and I have made some progress right now on air, but if he comes in here next week, I won't know who he is. Well, also, I felt like when we were talking about the whole... that's not specific to you. That's just people. Well, when we were talking about the whole bit, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm man, Paul's going to like you because you're from Connecticut. You know, when we found out oh, you're from Connecticut, uh-huh. I'm thinking, oh, you guys are going to have common ground, the Northeastern roots. See, I don't think about he people. played up Connecticut. And then, I was, so, and then it still didn't work. I mean, you met the guy, and it was just nothing. I don't think he played up Connecticut. Well, the, the, funniest, part of the, the, the funniest part of the night, though, is you, you had clearly met him previous to this, and so... The cameras would come back over to us. Lance would bring the cameras back over to us, and we would be talking with Danny um, about, <laughs> about how this. the conversation would go and what we thought you know, yeah. you would say versus what you ended up saying. We, we were trying to figure out like, uh, where he's from, the background, all this, and then we're going to try to mash up all this together. But Just know. like the bagel skit that cost me my tooth, it went yeah. nowhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like there's this archive of footage, behind-the-scenes yeah, footage, we have a half from hour the special. early days of Outkick 360 that is just in some incubator in Lance Lee's home in somewhere. Like, but I he think probably we has continue all this. He's going to turn into a documentary at some point. I mean, depending on how willing he is to mess with that beard, turn it into a mustache, yeah. you know, turn it into clean-shaven, grow it back, we could do this... Six or eight more times, and I, rem- I wouldn't know who you are. I remember, I remember specifically that night. I told you I was a freshman in college or something like that. And Paul, you said you look a little old to be a freshman. <laughs> uh, so I was perceptive at least. And who knows how many of those blackberry lemonades I had? But I was trying. It was early. It was this early in the night when this happened. You were I fun. was trying to entertain the people that were in the league. Yeah, who were trying to who were in the league. So, uh, you know, All your male interns on, yeah. at, that, at that time are not my primary concern. Mm-hmm. Only participants in the league. Participants in the league. I, and I was in charge of the league this year. This was year. not so an intern gathering night. This was an right. entertainment league. And you remember night. I was in charge of the league this year. You guys were buried in other stuff. I took on the league. So I really needed to focus on people in the league. And that's what I was doing. I, I, I issue no apologies here. Danny, great job. I, it would have been great stuff if we saw it all the way through. It would have been classic. Hey, uh, real quick before you take the headset off, uh, what is a July 4th celebration like for uh, Sleepy Danny? Well, we have the day off, so I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Are you into the fireworks or no? Uh, they keep yeah, them white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just at a certain time, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's got a little Patrick gotcha. Dempsey in him. Maybe that's how I could remember him. McDreamy? Oh, can I, like, real quick. So, Slight. Last, the last time we had. Danny on, or at least on camera. Are you coming on to Danny? Uh, no, 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 no. We we um, <laughs> trying to. No, this this happened come literally up with the device, yesterday. A memory literally, device. Literally yesterday. Um, I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm like, who is this person and why am I following them? It's Danny's mom. And <laughs> I. By the no, way, I, 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 much I, I, more I never, concerning than anything I've done. We have we have had zero communication since uh, Danny found out we were communicating about him. Yep. Um, about him, but I was I was scrolling through and I finally realized like oh this is Danny's mom and Why I just kept going. Following? But you were on my mind uh, yesterday as well. Well, I'm more so as interested. Well as your mom. Uh, yeah, I'm more so interested on in why you follow my girlfriend as well on Instagram. Oh, because we, we met her. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, we, yes, yes. Yeah. He follows oh, yeah, everyone yeah, he right. meets. But, yeah, but, why? You, haven't, way, but every, you haven't met my mother. Uh, uh, no, but she, she followed me and, and DM'd me. She slid up into my DMs. Oh, oh. shoot. Danny, yeah. uh, oh. You're, every time I rarely go to Facebook when I do, the, the friend suggestions, your mom is my top <laughs> friend suggestion. Every time. Yet I, he's I've resisted yet to, the temptation. I've yet to click add friend because every time I see Danny's face before I do it, I'm like, not going to do it. Not going to add her as a friend. Do it. Hey, this was an excellent. 
That's an excellent, excellent segment. Good night. I have your blessing. <laughs> Seriously, though, why are you here? Is there a reason you just want to show up? Oh, we're he happy told, to have you. Yeah, he, that. He, was told, he was told to be here based okay. on I just wanted uh, to see the new studio. But who told you? Nobody. I'm, a, I'm the senior video editor. I can. If <laughs> I, get, I edit where I want to yeah. edit. It goes as it's a pleases. senior decision. Oh, wait. It's Friday. I'm a junior. Shoot. <laughs> look, now, Sleepy look, Danny has look, been our Danny, guest. you have an audience outside here at Six and Peabody yeah. all trying to figure out, is this Patrick Dempsey? And yeah. is he That's single? what they're asking themselves right now. It's either Patrick and Dempsey or Scott Speedman. That's what I usually get. That's another good one. Scott Speedman. Hey, that's a good appearance. Sleepy good job by you. Danny, the man. Whoever you are. Um, coming up, we've got uh, Josh Pate. That was a good idea by you guys with the intern thing. It just never, never popped. We were ready for it to go. Next thing popped. we know, you'll have uh, you'll have pe- interns counting how many pieces of the candy I eat. Well, always Another something classic. We haven't done that in a while either. <laughs> well, I'm not eating that stuff right now. So, <laughs> no success. Count no, how many no donuts. candy, no donuts. Hey, there's donuts in there. Follow them in there and see how many you eat. Yeah. Josh Pate joins us next. We get back to the biggest headline going into the July Fourth weekend, which is USC UCLA. Headed to the Big Ten and all of the fallout. He was in L.A. yesterday as this news broke at the Elite 11. We'll talk with Pate State next on OutKick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Our next guest, Josh Pate. Deserves some congratulations. The hard work and effort paying off. 100,000 subscribers Boom. to the YouTube channel. Late kick. Having massive success. And, I mean, he even times it up perfectly where Elite 11 is going on. He's live in the end zone. As all of the craziness breaks across college football yesterday with uh, Pac-12 and USC-UCLA headed to the Big Ten, Josh Pate of 24-7 Sports joins us on Outkick 360. Josh, great to have you back on, man. Yeah, when people asked yesterday, did you know? I mean, you've never taken the show to L.A. Did you know something was coming? I don't want to lie. So I just did the... I just did <laughs> wink. You wink. You give a lot of body language in absence of any words. Uh, yeah, that was about the most happy confluence of events in my career. So uh, years from now, the history books will just remember right place, right time. So from the SEC perspective, Josh, I, I, I find it fascinating from this perspective. I immediately think, you know, Greg Sankey and the SEC, they're not in this to be equals with anyone. Their response is to dominate. So if the Big Ten feels like they scored a big victory and got close to even with the SEC with this move, they're not just going to sit back and say, okay, well, we did our thing, they did their thing, and we're done now. I feel like the immediate response is, and maybe it's already been in the works, let's go find more and make sure that we're still at the top of the food chain. Do you agree or disagree? Well, so I agree with that, and I don't even know if that's how Sankey wants to operate. I just think he knows it's how he has to operate. For instance, this time last year, around this time last year, when they went and they got OU in Texas, I think I was on this show, and a lot of people just around the country were saying, 
why can't the SEC just leave good enough alone? You know, why, why do you have to go gobble up all of college football and become this, this big, massive, like, Independence Day spaceship over the world of the sport? And now I think you look back and you realize, oh, you mean they weren't the only ones that were going to be making moves? Oh, you mean behind the curtain, they kind of understood there were multiple wheels turning and there were multiple folks up north that were looking to make survival moves as well. So they may have moved proactively, but they may have moved out of their own sense of a need for survival. And you're right. They don't want to survive alone. They, they want to be supreme. They want to be the dominant force in the landscape of the sport. But I think it makes a little more sense now. And I think it would also be, like you said, foolish to think, okay, 16 there, 16 here. We're done. No, no way now. How does the ACC survive? The discussion has been about the Big 12 last year. Now it's about the Pac-12. If we look to the ACC, how do they make sure that they stay afloat? Staying afloat, if we're speaking within the context of being on par or in the same league, uh, so to speak, with the entities that are now going to be the Big 10 and the SEC, my short answer to you is I don't know. Because you see, I don't personally see a world where the Clemsons and the FSUs and the Miamis are remaining in that conference long-term. Uh, and if, if we saw it before yesterday, to me, that went up in smoke. So I would say the same thing about the PAC 12, the, the credit that I'll give the ACC is they'll have some fight in them. Like when I was out in LA yesterday, everybody's immediate reaction was, okay, there goes the PAC 12. I, I was speaking with people. I kid you not inside the league. Uh, they are, they are drawing paychecks from the PAC 12 and saying, all right, we're done. So the ACC will fight. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, the calls will come. The calls are going to come to FSU. They're going to come to Clemson. And I'll tell you a quote I got from someone yesterday um, that will be involved in those decisions. I asked him, what about that grant of rights deal? You know, the one that runs through like the year 3000 that you guys are going to have to pay a lot of money to get out of. And their exact quote back was, look, we'll, we'll just figure it out in court. But that, that to me, when I think about those dollar signs, that's like a brick wall. To them, it's just a speed bump at this point financially. Is, I think it's 2036 is the grant of rights, yeah. or 2036 it or 37 is. for the ACC. And this move by the Big Ten, Josh, when it happened, I remember a year ago when we had you on and the Big Ten having all these grand statements about, you know, there are these independent actors out there that are damaging the good of football and the good of the sport. And we're not going to be that. And they form the alliance, and we're looking out for what's best for the sport and everything else. And this happened just then, I think. The Big Ten can no longer be self-righteous about anything. I have no issue with the move they made, but they also removed any ability to act like they're better than the SEC in any way. I, I mean, I think you could have started making those jokes a while back. You know, I think that there were at one point several more Big Ten institutions involved in ongoing scandal than there were in the South. So I've, I've always kind of looked at it through that lens I understand there's an image that you want to portray and it's all marketing and focus groups meet and do this and that. I get that, man. At the end of the day, everybody's moving for the same reason. They want to cash the biggest paycheck and it doesn't sound cool if you step to a podium and say that. So we got to step to a podium and say this conference aligns with our academic vision and our institutions overall, whatever it's about. Cause, cause here's what I can tell you. I'll make a bold prediction for you. I guarantee you, we're not going to see a program change conferences and take less money per year guaranteed to exhibit those characteristics and align with those values. Everybody's doing it for the same reason. Everyone gets that. So when, when a man 
in a suit that costs more money than my entire wardrobe steps to a podium and starts to try and tell me why these things are really happening, I just turn the volume down at this point. He's the host of Late Kick Live. Josh Pate with us on Outkick 360. So I've seen two pair move. Is It seems to me the next biggest single entity somebody would want is Notre Dame. Uh, if it has to be in pairs, Notre Dame and X, it wouldn't much matter who the X is. What's next for Notre Dame in your eyes? I, I feel Big Ten. Talked to a couple of folks yesterday who feel pretty strongly it's going to be Big Ten. Now, it's it's got to be very nice to be in Notre Dame because you're one of the only entities out there whose timetable matters and and you can make a conference wait on you. And that kind of seems to be what's happening right now. Um, Notre Dame to the Big Ten would not surprise me. I had uh, Brady Quinn on the show last night and, you know, I, I asked him, hey, hey, what are you guys saying behind the scenes? What are you talking about behind the scenes? And he said, yeah, like if we're going to move, we think it's going to be the Big Ten, yet they are aligned with the ACC right now. So I, th- I think Notre Dame's eventually going to do something. I just don't I don't think they want to do it immediately because I don't want to, I don't think they want to make it look like they had their hand forced, to be honest with you. It may matter to them. But I'll tell you some others. Clemson, for example, is one of them. I always thought that if slash when conference realignment happened again, and if Clemson moved, I just always felt like the SEC was this perfect marriage. They feel so SEC. And yet last night I'm sitting in LAX and I, I get a, a person who's well-placed on this stuff telling me, you need to maybe pump the brakes on just assuming that. Like there, there are conversations happening with folks at Clemson and folks in the Big Ten. Now you tell me that feels like a fit and I'll tell you that's the first time I've ever felt that way. But yet I think that the Big Ten and the SEC are both in a place now where they're almost beyond the old school way of thinking. And the old school way of thinking in this stuff was, let's go grab as many media markets. Let's get a presence in as many big markets as we can. I think they feel like both of their brands have elevated the point where they have saturated the college football national market enough to where now let's not worry so much about media markets. Let's go find and marry with brands and and programs and schools that most fit how we want to exhibit ourselves. And right now, the Big Ten is trying to shift away from that Midwestern conference look and feel to a national look and feel. Well, what, how, what better way to do that than go get Southern Cal one day and then go get you know one of the superpowers on the East Coast the next day? And if you can marry that up with Notre Dame, that's just all the better. And it, going back to our, our, the, the Notre Dame aspect of this, Josh, if the ACC was some, if Jim Phillips was able to somehow strike a deal to get them to officially join the ACC and not just play a five-game schedule with them each year, that would be a power broker move, much like we've seen with the Big Ten and the SEC. I don't think there's another way that they can uh, not just stay afloat, but to be a part of a power three discussion. Right now, it's a power two. And if we're going to really discuss a power three, it would be Notre Dame to the ACC. That's, that's the only move I think they can make that brings them up a notch. I agree with you. Um, you know, my big question yesterday when it first broke and we were doing all our coverage was, is this just a foregone conclusion that we're in a two super conference inevitable world now? And my immediate thought is always married to what the current size of the conferences are. And that's 16, I guess, for, for the Big Ten and SEC. And I, I know that there are enough viable brands out there to form a third super conference of equal or at least comparable size. And FSU, Clemson, Notre Dame, however that shaked, shaked out or shook out, that would be uh, how you make that up. Oregon on the West Coast. 
but if we're going to expand beyond that, then obviously that's a moot point. I think you're right, though. If the ACC wants to fight here and if they want to maintain their status and seat at the table, that's got that is that is a non-starter. If you don't have Notre Dame involved there, I think that's a non-starter at this point. So that's that's very much a survival move. But it goes back to emphasizing the point that Notre Dame does not have to do anything in a hurry. Right. They can take a long vacation weekend if they want. They don't have to make any calls today. They can do it on their schedule. So, Josh, first glance, if the SEC, let's say, were to add four teams, four that immediate come to mind culturally, geographically, football-wise, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech. I would put North Carolina ahead of Virginia Tech from a value standpoint of what you're getting with the brand North Carolina. But there's a lot of talk about North Carolina, Virginia – well, their values are more in line with the Big Ten as academic institutions. Do you buy the academic angle having anything to do with this? And what do you think about the four programs I threw out there for the SEC? Uh, I'm with you now, but you and I are probably thinking the same way. We just care about what we're going to see on Saturday. And as you, as you mentioned, and as we well know, yeah, there are other elements of this in the room, but like, remember, for example, back when AM and Missouri came to the SEC in 2012 or whenever that was, we asked the same question then. Are we done? Are we going to see more expansion here? And those same programs were on the table. And anytime North Carolina got thrown out there, you know, so- someone, someone, someone straightened up that sweater vest and tied that bow tie and said, absolutely not. We're not hanging out with you heathens. Like, we care about class. We're here Monday through Friday as well. I... I think that sentiment would still be there. I just think the world has changed so radically. When you're talking about the difference in potentially hundreds of millions of dollars for your institution over the course of a few years, how much do you care about academics? And if we're talking about a world in the future, keep in mind, guys, we're talking about a world in the future, not in the rearview mirror, but in the windshield. You're looking down the road. College athletics looks totally detached from the academic vestige that is your university anyway. How much are you really going to allow yourself to to be aligned with, I guess, the values that have always defined your decision making? I think there will be some radical alteration, for example, maybe with the North Carolinas of the world when it comes to how you are making decisions down the road as opposed to maybe how you said you would have made decisions in the past. Not looking at this from the nostalgic angle or uh, the past is better angle at all here, but from the business of college football business is good right now in the world we live in josh for our show your show we're talking college football we're winning long term is it better business for the power conferences to turn into a super conference is it better business that two years from now we're probably no longer looking at a power five college football landscape and it's more likely a power through power two or power three or do you think we get some watered-down professional version that fans are not clamoring enough about because they like the college angle that they currently live in? Um, or does it matter? Know, that's, no, it, it matters. I'm just, I think anyone who claims they have a definitive answer on that is kidding themselves a little bit. We woke up yesterday morning not knowing what that day was going to bring. So how do we know what five years from now is going to bring? I, like, I, think some, I think one of the smartest things you can ever learn to do in this space is just say, I don't know. I have no clue. Like, I, I, agree. I was talking to someone about this earlier. I was talking to one of our executives here. 
about this earlier at CBS. And they were saying, oh, brother, this is going to be so good for you. You'll, you'll have such a financial windfall off this. I, I understand that. But at the same time, man, I, I grew up loving college football. I didn't grow up loving the idea of making a lot of money talking college football. It's a blessing to be able to do that. I get that, man. It's a dream job to be able to do that. But I want to be passionate about the product that we're covering. And I was passionate growing up about college football because it looked different than the Sunday product that I watched. I love the territoriality. I love the regionality. I love that when I said West Coast football, it meant something different than Southern football, meant something different than Midwestern football. I, I don't want to, hum, hum, what's the word, homogenize our product on Saturday to the point where it's just like a preview, a, a tee up, if you will, of what you're going to get 24 hours later. I don't like that. I, or at least I don't think I'll like that. And I guess I can just cross my fingers and hope I'm wrong. You know, and it's it, what's fascinating about it is we can't predict where we're headed two, three years from now in the landscape or, or who's joining which conference next. But Apple and Amazon and CBS and Fox and NBC and ESPN, uh, ESPN's got a big, you know, uh, spoon that they're stirring here. They're all saying this is better for business. That That's what <laughs> I'm really intrigued by is they're the ones holding the check and they're the ones that everyone's battling for to make sure that they get in on that next massive t television contract, which are all expiring right now. You know what? One of the biggest, kind of like a million people text me right now. Let's hit ignore on all that. Um, one of the biggest tricks, and I don't know how they did it, but one of the biggest tricks that executives, sort of the high level mustache crowd ever pulled <laughs> off in this game was convincing the mass college football public that them making more money is growth that you should support. And, and them having a higher television number on Saturday is growth that you should support. You guys probably hear it just like I do. Sure. I'll, I'll look in my mentions or maybe you take calls and you have just a normal fan from Murfreesboro who should care nothing about this stuff, call in and say, well, you, you got to get higher ratings, you know, you got to get a higher television and media rights deal. It doesn't impact you. It doesn't. It impacts me and I care about it less than some people that it doesn't impact. I've never, I don't get how, I, I don't understand how the wool got pulled over so many eyes to think that sacrificing everything you've grown up loving about the sport is worth it because 0.01% of the power brokers in the sport whose names you'll never know are going to line their pockets with a new landscape of, of your sport. It should be your sport, not their sport. I, I don't get that. Someone can explain that to me. Of these four giant teams on the move, obviously Lincoln Riley being with USC is a big deal, but Arch Manning is the, is the biggest deal. Has Texas done what's expected since Arch Manning has got there or even bigger than what's expected? And what do you expect of that program with him and as it comes into the SEC? It is, to me, it's the most intriguing program to watch in the country right now. And I know it's not the first time we've said that about Texas, but to go back to Arch Manning, the reason that was such a massive story, even within the more hardcore recruiting lane of college football, was not just that he's going to Texas. We knew what was about to come because you get feedback and you get kids telling you, essentially, I'm waiting to see what that Manning kid does. Well, he commits to Texas. And I saw, we put out a graphic at 24-7 earlier today of all the dominoes that have fallen just in the last week or so since he committed. That is, it is such a chain reaction. When you get a, a five-star level quarterback and then his last name's Manning, it's a chain reaction because you know everyone's going to want to play with him. And that's just traditional recruiting, guys. 
Think about what Texas is going to be able to do in the transfer portal. When you've got established names elsewhere who want to kind of sync up, if they win eight or nine games this fall, they don't need to win the Big 12. They don't need to make the playoff. They won five games last year. If they improve by three or four games and then everybody's able to sell, hey, we're on the right track. Look, we're tur- we've turned this thing around. Come be a part of this. And they've recruited really good all of a sudden on the offensive line. And they're recruiting line of scrimmage a whole lot better than they ever did under the previous couple of staffs. That, to me, is a recipe for a really interesting next few years in Austin, Texas. But then you got the other side of the coin. I know we got Texas haters listening to the show right now who say, what has Steve Sarkeesian ever proven? Well, the answer is, as a head coach, not much. Like, I'm not pushing back on that. It's, it's all potential right now. That's what makes it fun. So, current SEC right now, and I, I look at the conference, and I can segment it into different groups of, you know, these are the powerhouses – these are the doormats. These are the teams just vying to get into a bowl game. These are the contenders to be the next to knock the powerhouses off the block. And then I look at two programs, one East and one West, and I put them right now as the ultimate wild card in that I know both of their identities, but I don't know where to place them in the conference now and moving forward. One East and one West. I want to start in the West, Arkansas. I know who Arkansas is under Sam Pittman, but in this new NIL era where they're going to have some advantages and the way he's been able to recruit, where are they ultimately in the construct of the conference and their level to compete at the top of it? So this will be a very important year for them to define that because I was talking to some of these kids at Elite 11. There's a buzz around Arkansas I've never witnessed before. I'm talking about on the recruiting trail now. That Arkansas offer is a coveted thing to get. And it used to be, let's just be real about it. In the SEC, it used to be the backup option if if Nick Saban didn't want you. Or even if like Ed Orgeron or, or Les Miles in the past didn't want you. All right, I want to stay in the South. Kirby doesn't have an offer for me. Nick doesn't have an I'll go. I'll go to Arkansas and I'll play against them. Now, they're taking some kids and they're getting commitments from some kids that that had offers elsewhere. And then they've also built this unique thing up there kind of why I'm rooting for Shane Beamer because I would love to see as many of these unique little bubble cultures as possible pop up. What Sam Pittman's doing in Arkansas probably only works at Arkansas. He probably only really works at Arkansas. That's great. I love that about college football. It's one thing that's unique about the sport. Uh, Kids are picking up on that. And what they just did in the transfer portal is a good indication. They're not going to get all the guys on their first swing. They will be a very, very high level portal program. And if they can marry that, and if they can get quarterback right, if they can get quarterbacks to be attracted to Fayetteville, and they've they've got one right now that they can sell for one more year in KJ Jefferson, if they can do that, there's nothing that says they can't be competitive with maybe not Bama every year, but AM, uh, LSU, they can they can compete with those teams if they strike the balance they have this last kind of cycle and a half. So the other X-Factor program, this one in the East, got a lot of NIL advantages. We're seeing some of that early on. I know what they want to be from an identity standpoint. Don't know where they are ultimately in the conference. That's Tennessee under Josh Heupel right now. What do you think of them moving forward, Josh? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say this about every team, but it's it's an important year for Tennessee too, I guess. They they overachieved last year record-wise. They're but there was a lot of inconsistency. They were a fast start team. There was a lot of inconsistency in second half. I think when you look at Hendon Hooker's stat line, it would excite you if you're one of those people who automatically believes 
well, okay, you automatically just progress. And when you come back to school for another year and your entire coaching staff's intact for another year, automatic progression. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes it doesn't. What I'm more interested to see is them in recruiting too, because you can, you can out scheme your way to victories every now and then in this conference. It just, it doesn't happen. You don't string that together. Brian Harson may have the same problem at Auburn. You can be the greatest tactician in the world. You ask Dan Mullen how that turns out. You've eventually got to have the horses. It's, it's a talent acquisition business. Tennessee's going to have to establish themselves in that market as well. The way to do that is to keep scoring points like they did last year, uh, but they've got to put a more consistent product on the field. Having said that, though, it's not a critical thing I'm saying. I didn't expect them to be as good as they were last year. And, and remember the attrition they had going into last year. I got a bug in here. Um, so it was a miracle that they, that they made a bowl game. They had it ripped from their clutches uh, by a team not named Purdue. But it was a miracle they were there. If they build on that, you'll, you'll absolutely see a windfall on the recruiting trail. But unlike, you know, Mario Cristobal going to Miami, he already has a reputation. Heupel has to build and earn his reputation, I think, at the, at the Power 5 level. Final thing on the way out, Josh Pate has been our guest. Most intriguing Elite 11 quarterback you saw or, or spoke with this past week? Um, I would say Jackson Arnold. I would say the kid who brought home the MVP award because he came in there and he was talked about now, but he, he wasn't mentioned in the same breath as like Nico who wasn't there or Arch Manning who wasn't there or Malachi Nelson, the USC commit. And he's not demonstrative. He just has this little quiet confidence. He's, he's from Sewanee, Georgia, I think. And I talked to him a couple times and he just looks, he looks straight in your eye, gives you straight answers. Not braggadocious at all, but just, hey, I, I think I can compete here, especially after night one. He told me, and I came in thinking I could compete. I think I can win this thing now. And he ends up going on to win it. He's, a, he's an Oklahoma commit, uh, very active in recruiting their class. I, if you had a million-dollar question about Brent Venables at Oklahoma, wouldn't it be that? Wouldn't it be, can they still attract high-level offensive talent like they did under Lincoln Riley? No one doubts defensively what they'll be. It's the other side of the ball. And if what I saw briefly in L.A., was any indication. I think they're in pretty good hands. 100K and counting. Josh Pate, Pate State, Late Kick Live is the show. Follow that show, and uh, you can watch it live on YouTube. Appreciate you as always, Josh. Always uh, fantastic insight. We appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate you having me, guys. There's Josh Pate, uh, who has uh, been out in California, and now he's back, and he's crushing it. Great week to be out there for Elite 11. And um, I've always wondered what the inner workings are like that, or, or, or like with that, because we see the, the Dilfer reality show as they would put that together, but behind the scenes when the cameras are not rolling and you're not having the practices, the whole event behind it and the connections made, got to be fascinating. I'm willing to guess it's um, boring unless you have the right access yeah. to what's going on. Because if not, it's just, you know, you're standing around a high school or small college stadium watching guys throw a football, you know, from the sidelines. But if you can get inside of some of the oh, meetings yeah. and training sessions that are going on, that would be pretty cool. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. We head into the fourth as we return on Outkick360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. 
Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Happy birthday, America. July 4th weekend is here. There's always an energy to any weekend. And happy birthday, Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise. There's always an energy going into a weekend where you've got the Monday following to, to, you know, point to the long weekend. There is a different vibe whenever you've got the fourth falling on a Monday. You know, I don't want to be a beggar that's trying to be a chooser on this. Go ahead. But, man, I really wish that the fourth had a day after it because we are having the big fourth celebration on the Monday. So I wish it was like the buffer, right? I wish we had a Sunday night big celebration, Monday to recover, and then come back. What If the fourth was a Tuesday or a Thursday, would we get – a four-day weekend day? out of it? I don't think so. We conceivably could. Would most people? I don't know. I mean, I, right I'm now. I'm going to be honest. I feel like we work more than most people. Yeah. I, everyone no, I know, I know is like, should takes get, like three weeks off at a time that's or why, at home constantly. That's why I think Fox might give us a, a four-day I mean, weekend. I, I wouldn't that. want Monday off if it's the third based on the college football and NFL headlines right now. I mean – this but the is a layup is, time for us. Well, the thing just, is, we've I, gone through this I before like the buffer. On, on, on radio. The thing is that people's viewing or listening habits, most people on that four-day weekend would not be working that day, would not be in their usual listening habits. I think our numbers would be Well, but, but, I mean, if we're just, if we're talking inside baseball here, local radio goes to shows like ours because... They rely on us to have live programming on days where there's not a national holiday. So, I mean, no longer are we just uh, to, to, you know, directing our content to one audience and going to Fox Sports Radio on July 3rd if we so choose to have noon to three off. Yeah. I think it should be a – I mean, I, I think I look forward to it more when it's on a Tuesday or a Thursday because I think it turns into a four-day weekend, which obviously I enjoy even more than a three-day weekend. The well, I mean, the four is better than three. The Saturday, Sunday, Monday aspect, though, where you've got a little—I mean, there's a little drive to it. Plus, you can plan going into the weekend all of the cookouts. Like my, where I'm, the the rural town of Morrison, Tennessee, they have their own firework display. Then you can go to McMinnville the next night and have your firework display. You can drive up to Murfreesboro. You could go all the way to Nashville for the July Fourth celebration as well for three nights of this, if you so choose. Um, and then you've got all the banging and clanging in the neighborhood as well for the next week and a half here in Tennessee. Well, that's the one that um, I just really – I feel like both of my daughters are deep sleepers, so it's not going to be a huge issue. But when the fireworks – I mean, it doesn't get dark till later, and I'm not putting them to bed. We're not putting them to bed until probably after dark now, you know, 9 o'clock, 8.30, 9 o'clock. But I just don't <laughs> want a, a situation where it's like, all right, yeah, now <laughs> – you know, I can't do what I want to at 1030 at night. And I'm, I'm what would that be? What I don't yeah. want to do at 1030 at night is parent. Yeah. I don't want to parent. We're loaded. We're going to see some friends tonight. We're going to Minions at noon tomorrow. We're going to Sounds tomorrow night. You have your tickets going for to, Minions? Yep. Okay. And we're going to NSC on nice. Sunday night. It's going to be a, a great sports weekend uh, all the way around. I may see you at and Minions tomorrow, Paul. That's, who, that's where we're going. You coming to Cool Springs? No. Well, we sure as hell ain't home. going to Mount Juliet. No. We're, we're not, I don't think we're going to be there. We'll be at a theater close by. Theater. Oh, dear. This is a great weekend to launch a, a movie, though. 
Oh yeah. Watch um Top Gun Maverick be the top movie again <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> they tied the weekend Elvis came out. They were both thirty and a half million. We should have weekend. asked Bobby if he was going to take his parents to see Top Gun Maverick for like the fifth consecutive week that he's watched the film in the he theater. Was finding more people to. Hey, yeah. we talked about Elvis. I watched an interview with Austin Butler who played Elvis on Jimmy Fallon, and he almost got offended when Jimmy said, "And you, you sang like you sang." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I sang." Remember we talked well, about he didn't sing the whole. He thing. sang. But they blended the actual vocals in with his vocals. Yeah, well, then he shouldn't be so, he did so sing, procl- proclaiming he that did, he sang. Well, he, he did sing the early Gary songs. Gary Busey sang. He, sang the, he did sing the, the early Buddy songs Hall. in full. Yeah, but in the, you can't say, I sang, when some of it's blended with actual well, Elvis. I, I don't want to represent him as a jerk, because he was a very shy, grateful guy. In the interview, was almost just in awe that he was allowed to do it. Uh, and he does a does a great job. But he was a jerk. But everybody kind of laughed. No, everybody laughed when he's like, "Did you know Fallon's just a big fan?" Or he's like, "I mean, you, you sang, you sang the songs." And he kind of responded, "Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, I was singing." You know, kind of like that. And everybody laughed. So, Wait, so okay. he kind of lied. He sang. I mean, he did sing. But Elvis sang too. He which they he left blended out. the vocals with Elvis's yeah. vocals. That's a key. But he also element. it's key to note there are three or four songs to start the movie. That's Austin Butler solely. So that's, I'll take it. These are specifics. He should have offered a lot of more specifics. Go see the film. <laughs> we'll offer specifics on Minions. <laughs> Let freedom sing this weekend. I'll have a full breakdown of Minions, we the will. rise of group. We will. Yes. Follow us on socials. Outkick360 is where you can find us. Download the podcast, and we are back at it on Tuesday, live across the Outkick Network. And don't block the box. Kindly lock your locks. Thank you.